Welcome to Bipolar Inquiry, drafting and crafting bipolar consciousness since 2016 by philosophizing, relanguaging, and harvesting mania's special messages, meaning visions, extraordinary experiences, ideas, insights, superpowers, possibilities, synchronicity, and parallel worlds. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information discussed on the show is not medical advice. Now, let's get started with this episode. again today. The days feel really long. The sense of time is different. And what did I do? I got a mailbox for a year. And then I put that address in MailChimp. I bought another four boxes of the lipospheric vitamin C. So that was about 150 bucks. The mailbox was about 150 bucks. And I bought some tickets to Boney M and Abracadabra. And that was about 120 bucks and I'm booking my trip to the island, my little retreat. I didn't pay for that today yet, but I'm gonna pay for it tomorrow. That's 160 bucks, plus the ferry. I'm spending a lot of money. And I'm thinking of buying that private video embedding plugin, and that's about 150 bucks. So, good thing I'm going back and doing a bit of peer support stuff to be able to fund these kind of shenanigans. Tomorrow I'll likely book my retreat and pay for it and book a forest bathing walk. And my schedule's really filled up. And I wrote a long email reaching out to a neuroscientist at Muse I reached out to someone who's part of ECPR. And I spoke with the job opportunity that I was talking about and they offered me a full-time job. And I said I had to think because all of a sudden all the lifestyle design elements here are falling into place and I feel like I need to give them a chance. Plus, I'm newly onto the micronutrients and I do wanna see if they can prevent crisis for nine months before doing a big major move. So we'll see. I think part of my decision will be depending on if I qualify for this business class that's going on in November here because if I do then 
it might be a good idea to take that course and learn a little bit about starting a business because it's a course for people who are labeled with illnesses or have other factors that make life challenging sometimes so it would be free so yeah so much going on and the days feel long and full of a lot of different things. I feel like I did so much today, got so much done, and then here I am sitting at the park feeling like I could just sit here forever and it feels like right now is forever. And tonight I will again use my Muse headband. I used it last night and I want to try to use it more to see if it's useful as a tool for people. I emailed them about how it could be good to help people identify whether certain situations or sounds or places or things are triggering, that word triggering, because one can actually see what the brain is doing. For example, when I took my Muse headband to the park that one time, I was able to maintain more calm than when using it indoors. So to me, that told me the park helps to calm down my brain, and it was knowing that more than subjectively, knowing that through the feedback of the Muse headband and the app. And I think it could be helpful too to help people design their wellness recovery action plan because one can see more so in what scenarios the brain is more active and less calm and vice versa and I'm still kind of losing my voice from being unwell for these last two weeks it's interesting so yeah I've committed to a lot of different things in the last very short period of time going on this retreat signing up for this forest bathing doing a bunch of different things in peer support blood donation appointment coming up helping out with this other thing and I'm wondering if I'll be able to keep up. I feel like I can. I feel like I had a long day doing a lot of different things and here I am sitting here feeling like I still have time left over. And it will be good to make some money because I do want to be able to fund some of this stuff that I'm creating. I wonder.
Another thing about using the Muse is that I've been doing so much these last few days and I haven't really been using the Muse very much. But when I did last night, I did a 12 minute meditation and I maintained 70% calm, which was the most percentage calm I've ever had in a session. And to me, that is good because here I am doing so much, planning so much, so much lifestyle design, action, planning, communicating, reaching out, going from here to there, kind of like I'm in a manic state, but I'm not. I feel like I'm in a manic trait, just going from manic trait to manic trait from manic trait, but it's not the state. The state is elation with not as many reasons for the elation. The elation is inflated by the mind. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great feeling, but it can lead to trouble. But when there is heightened action, but without the elation, so the energy is transforming into action, but not elation, which can be turned into pleasure and personal pleasure and things like that, then it's turned into action and actuality. So I'm wondering if the Hardy Nutritionals will help me to maintain this action and actu in actuality, and if my voice will give out. Interesting, I'm having trouble with my voice when I talk to myself a lot. So I think the muse will help me to see if at the end of the day, literally at the end of the day, if my brain is calm. Maybe it's more calm when it completely acts all day long. instead of creating abstract elations. Because isn't that what pleasure-seeking is in a way, is creating an image to get excited about and then trying to get that to get pleasure. But when one is acting for real, without that pleasure then it feels like something different. So yeah, wondering if this will crash and burn. Wondering if when I book the retreat tomorrow and make it official, if it'll be the one thing too many that makes my brain sort of freak out and retreat and retract. Because I'm having a lot of action that could be interpreted as somewhat manic, booking a trip, spending lots of money, but I'm spending it on 
what I want to create. And it's not something that is a whim. I've been considering this and pondering this for days and weeks and months and years. So we'll see. I'm not going to edit this video. We'll see what happens. I'm having a moment of blah. This happens daily though. After creating a lot, that energy settles and I feel completely forgetful. That's okay though. I had another really busy day doing a lot of different things and I paid for my trip to the island and I looked to see how much the ferry costs and I got groceries and I got gas and I spent a lot of money again today. I paid for that private embed video plugin and so I created a post with my audio videos from July, June, August of 2016 and scheduled that for November 1st but I might move it. I'm not sure how to schedule this or how to release it or what the heck but at least now I can play with putting the videos on web pages and deciding if I want to set a scheduled date or put password things or what the heck. And I also somehow ended up signing up for Google AdWords and creating my first ad for peer potential life coaching and linking it to that page and it's not about it working per se but learning by doing. Today I realized that in terms of manifestation a lot of times we think we can think about something or ask for it in a way and then it might manifest like the law of attraction or something like that but I realized that Asking is doing. The actual doing of something is the asking for that to be a part of one's life. For example, when I drive, I like to sing. And I could think, oh, I wish I could sing all day long. Or I could sing. And that is the asking to be able to sing is participating in singing. That's just an example. So in the same way I'm just playing around with these online things that people seem to get a grasp of instead of writing down a list of the things that I want to explore. I had an email about Google AdWords and getting $150 free credit and I just signed up and it says however much I pay in the first 
whatever days they'll match it or I can't remember how it was worded but it's like okay it's just a little investment in doing that and experimenting with it and I also created my first MailChimp mail out newsletter even though I don't have a list but it was fun to go through the motions of creating that and then I tested it and it kind of works and and that was neat and these are things that I'm thinking and wondering about MailChimp for a long time and I was able to create that because I got the private mailbox so now that is the business address of the newsletter so next I want to figure out this landing page and mailing list thing it would be cool to learn about this email list crap and mainly because at some point I do want to share this dialogue with myself so part of it is learning this online stuff and then the other part of course is learning how to live and I'm doing that at the same time today I made some beet juice and lemon juice beet and lemon juice together and shared that with some family members and that felt good I've just finished peeling some beets to make some beet juice. I'm going to make beet and lemon juice. If I had some ginger, I would put ginger in it. And I'm going to use this Breville juicer right here. Da -da -da -da. Sometimes when I do things like this along the way, I have this sort of deja vu. Like I've experienced the blueprint for this. And what I mean is... I'm cutting the lemons for the juice and I feel like oh I remember that time when I was in map consciousness and I felt like I could do YouTube videos on making juice and things and then that makes me feel like oh I could do this for a while it's another possibility another trajectory of sorts and I get that all the time it's like deja blueprint like I have this possibility I have this potentiality and those are things that I'm exploring a little bit right now because I'm wanting to get away from talking about mental health. So, yeah, I just had a deja blueprint. I get the same thing sometimes when I'm singing. I feel like, oh, yeah, I wanted to explore making music. But all of those different possible trajectories take a lot of time and practice. And maybe I will get into one of those in particular one day but I do feel like right now my focus is lifestyle design and learning how to live and not putting it all into one particular thing at the moment and when making beet juice it's a good idea to wear gloves so then it doesn't look like I have blood on my hands because that could be so-called triggering
Cheers. And I went out for dinner with some friends. And then I got back home and I just felt like being outside in the park. And tomorrow I'm going to go to the farmer's market after doing some of the online stuff at home. I'm going to start going through that social enterprise course I'm taking online because I have a printer now and it needs some stuff printed to sort of follow along with the course. And Friday I have a peer support shift. Saturday I'm in first aid training all day long. And Monday I have a Skype call with a friend and Tuesday I have a blood donation appointment. And today I weighed myself for the first time since February of 2015, which is two and a half years ago. And the reason I did was I realized that I have to be 110 pounds to donate blood. And since I did the juice and kombucha cleanse, I think I lost weight. I definitely lost weight. So I weighed myself today and I weigh exactly 110 pounds. So I have to make sure that I eat enough food this next week. I am eating enough, but after losing weight, it takes a little bit of time to gain it if that's what I'm going to do. So I don't want to go below 110 because then I could be rejected and not able to donate blood. And Wednesday night next week, I might go to a meeting meetup of a woman's group that does work and philanthropy in the community because I still feel like I haven't really found my altruism and donating blood is part of that talking with myself and potentially sharing it is part of that and learning how to live is being altruistic towards myself in a way but I'm still needing to figure that out and then I'll go to the island and I also booked a forest bathing walk and I'm really excited about that. I feel like that could be life changing. It might change how I want to design my life moving forward. And being away on a bit of a retreat. So yeah certain things falling into place and continuing to learn with the online stuff and I realized this project that I'm doing talking to myself is a two-year experiment I'm thinking of starting to release the videos or the audios I don't know on the two-year mark which is June 20th 2018 and I might do it sooner because I might need to know if there's something to create and co-create with people or something. I don't know. I really don't know. It could be that I have too many ideas and it would be good to narrow it down.
And I went to Dollarama today and I took a little video of some of the things that I scored. I love it when Dollarama has something for $1.50 that I was about to buy for $20 on Amazon. If I wasn't on a very limited income, I would just buy it for $20 on Amazon, but this makes it so I can spend that $20 on something else. So I'm excited. It's a little cell phone holder clip that goes onto the vent. It might not even work, but it was only $1.50. Woot! So the cell phone mount thing totally works. I guess I didn't need to buy these two other ones, which are magnetic. But this one can go anywhere because it has a sticker. And I also bought these cool inspirational notebooks. Make today ridiculously amazing. I love the word ridiculous. And follow your dreams, they know the way. Don't let dreams be dreams. And wake up and be awesome. How could I not buy those? I'm thinking tomorrow I will do some computer stuff and then do a walk in the forest. But yeah, this two-year project is a talkumentary. So yeah, this will be a two-year documentary, and this next while I need to figure out this work, lifestyle, design thing, and I just saw a really big spider. You're a fast biter. I've been watching this thing on seed launch and talking about creating some kind of launch and blah 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 and it feels like it would take a bit to learn and I think I'd rather spend those hours talking to myself. I'm not sure though. Maybe I'll have time to do both. We'll see. I'm wondering if the recent energy and money spending and enthusiasm is wearing off a little bit. I'm about to head out to do some errands and go to the farmer's market. And this is my farmer's market outfit. And I cleaned my love whistle, so it works now. And I put it on a new string. And I'm feeling kind of creative and inspired right now. So I made this. And then I put a Bodhi leaf in there and a pepper tree leaf. And they're both very magical. And now I feel like buying a magical backpack to carry some magical supplies in. And I have lots of ideas today. I'll get back to you later. I'm stuck in traffic on the highway. Something popped in my mind. 
there's this factor in my life of lifestyle design, but there's also this factor of how am I related to others or what is it that I do in a concise statement. I've heard before people creating their elevator pitch about what they do and I feel like that changes on a daily basis. But today I feel like it would be cool to make people feel magical or make people feel the magic of life. And I don't like the word make. I don't know what a better word for that is at the moment. Because I created that little notebook, which is a magical notebook with the cool leaves from California and then I felt like getting a magical backpack which I've thought about for myself before I probably mentioned that in one of my first videos so getting a colorful backpack that maybe even says magical and putting fun things to give away in it as well as the stuff I need to walk around this earth I can almost see it as something that if I had all of that in the backpack, I could just go. Things like a passport, enough hearty nutritionals for a while, ID, money, blah, blah, blah. My phone, my laptop. Having everything necessary to wander with love. Because today I might go back and get some more of those cool little notebooks because they're really neat and I like what they say on the front and I'm inspired to give some away and write in them myself. And I was thinking about creating a more concise course or something because I do plan to give away all these dialogues for free but it'd be cool to create something that can produce some kind of financial abundance or a little bit of financial abundance at least because now that I've tapered off the meds and I'm in that period of time thinking well now what? What's life all about? How do I live? And having poverty as part of one's life or living below the poverty line, I wouldn't say I live in poverty, has just been something that goes with having a mental health diagnosis. So now that I've moved beyond that in terms of supporting that with nutrients, I don't know if I can accept living in poverty anymore because I don't feel I need a lot for myself. I do want to purchase healthier foods, organic, and have the right fuel going through my body. I'm perfectly happy with my 1992 Toyota Corolla until it gives up on me. But I want to be able to be generous and altruistic. Oh, that's something I was doing that I forgot to finish when I was at home is I signed up for Charity Chimp which is a service that helps a person donate money and I was going to donate $20 to this charity that helps women who are on the street and I have before 
but I think I forgot to finish doing that. I was signed up, but I didn't finish donating. So anytime that scarcity stuff enters my mind, I want to be able to donate or give away. And, and I already do that stuff, but it'd be fun to have that as part of my lifestyle design. And now we're literally stopped on the highway and I have to pee. That's not good. And it's really hot in here, but I have my driver window closed so then I can talk to myself. So today feels more of a magical day. Holy crap, this is not moving. It's fun when this moves and I just sing along, but right now it's not moving and ugh. I could have taken a detour, but I missed it. watching this free seed launch program thing and it's a lot to learn but I was thinking if I could launch a little course or something that would show me how to do that so then I could help other people like me do that because I've talked about how it's important to share our gifts and learn how to share our gifts so in this next period of time well, I'm seeing if this hardy nutritionals will prevent crisis up until mid-February if I could learn how to do that then not only might I thrive but I'll also learn a process of how to share one's gifts when one moves into connecting and sharing with one's gifts and sharing one's altruism because I say altruism share one's gift and, gifts and everything but if I don't figure out how to do that in a, in a certain way, then it's not really that helpful. Because I feel like as more of us transcend, we're not going to want to live in poverty. We're not going to want to live in the same lifestyle as we did when we were on medications and, and in the system. Otherwise, it's just taking micronutrients instead of taking meds. And if the life is, the exactly, is exactly the same, the only difference is we might live longer and not lose our 25 years because of the toxic medications and, and everything, but it's not going to be that different. So in terms of the course, I was thinking about how safety is important and I used things like a zap strap and PRNs to keep myself safe. Also creating my own context helped to create safety for me. But the thing I've realized that I wasn't necessarily doing, and I don't think I could have done it, was designing my life concurrently while tapering off meds. And I sort of did that because I was living my lifestyle design of going to California, living my dream, and by living in that flow, that flow helped to bring about circumstances to lead me into a path of healing and, and being off the meds altogether. And then coming back home, I'm pretty sure it would have been hard to design my life back home before I came back home. So I don't think it necessarily applied to me, but say for example, somebody's living in a certain situation in life and imagine being able to go somewhere like a creative healing respite to taper off psych meds and get onto micronutrients. But 
the important thing is if one feels like they're gonna go back to that life after they taper and say they stay for three months or something then it's important to design what one wants as a life and what to move towards and unfold after the process of tapering but during the process of tapering design and start creating that and, and envisioning that which we can draw on our first states of altered states of consciousness our first experiences and harvest that and use it in, to inform lifestyle design and creation and self-direction and self-creation after the process of tapering so I'm doing this now but I feel like it could be done at the same time or part of the inspiration for feeling like it's a good idea to taper in the first place for example realizing that one is no longer tethered to a series of mental health appointments and psychiatrist appointments and needing to be near one's favorite hospital and needing to so many things so what would life look like and then I realized today that that's one thing I'm doing and I would like to do in, in these next months at the same time is do that which I might create a course around and I've already done a lot of it which is the tapering part but now it's the lifestyle design and creation of one's life at the same time and so for example today I thought of how by mid-February which is the nine-month mark of being on only hearty nutritionals to support this bipolar diagnosis I want to perhaps get a camper van and have that as a mobile lifestyle to start to drive around once the weather starts to get nicer again so that's part of my lifestyle design. So right now, having a few hours in peer support and might help to make that possible by having a little bit more money. So yeah, designing my lifestyle where I'd want to be a bit more mobile in BC after February, after the nine month mark of being on micronutrients only. And then after that, when the weather changes next year and starts to get crummy in say October, get out of the country again. So that's part of my lifestyle design, which in saying that it doesn't really mesh with having a full-time office job out of province. So this is me designing my ideal life after tapering and after reaching the dream I already had of going to California for an extended period of time as well as tapering off meds. So the Hardy Nutritionals has helped me reach my dreams and now it's time to design new dreams and draw on the dreams and visions that I had when I was in map consciousness in a trans conscious state six years ago. Going back to that original blueprint and also feeling like I want to share the hearty nutritionals with my family they don't know that I've tapered off meds at this point so I haven't shared it with them because they don't know but right now I'm going to the ministry because I'm on disability and so I get a bit of a, an amount of money for that and I realize that 
there is something called the monthly nutrition supplement where people can qualify for an amount of money for vitamins and minerals depending on what's going on like what condition they have so I'm feeling like I can go there and get that piece of paper to apply and then go and see my psychiatrist which I wasn't planning on doing per se but this is a pretty good reason to because if I can get them to fill out the form and if I get approved for vitamins and nutrients and minerals for bipolar disorder and I bring some of the studies published and I say I'm on these micronutrients only and it's supporting me so I would like some funding towards this if I can do that for myself then I might be able to share hardy nutritionals with people and say at least in my area that there's a way to remove the financial barrier because the hardy nutritionals actually isn't that much money but it is money when somebody might be getting free medications provided by the government and then all of a sudden having to pay say 100 to 150 to $200 a month for supplements and vitamins and minerals that's a lot of money so I think one of the biggest barriers is financial another barrier is educational and I'm starting to pick up speed so I'll stop talking now pit stop I remember a few years ago when I was in this hyper creative space, I was a little bit late for my job sometimes and I didn't feel like I was running late. I felt like I was running inspired. So I created that reframe from running late to running inspired and what if we were allowed in quotes to run late if we were running inspired because that inspiration might transfer into the job. So being inspired in one's daily routine life and then going to work inspired in a few minutes late versus trying to be on time and missing that window of inspiration. And I was also thinking about the term stealing fire by Stephen Kotler and Jamie Wheel's book and then touch with fire in that movie about bipolar disorder and what if we were inspired by fire, not just touched with it, but inspired by it and that inspiration trans forms into action, inspired action. And I was also thinking about how sometimes when we have a thought or we're saying something and someone interrupts us, we can't remember what we're saying. Mid-sentence, we can't finish the sentence, but if we start the sentence again, then we know the whole sentence. Kind of like the song of ABCs. Sometimes it's easier to just sing the whole song than it is to start partway to, to start saying the letters. And I was thinking about that in terms of creativity and how it seems like creativity is like that. Because I remember years ago when I was in this creative space, I'd wake up the next day and I'd start doing the same thing from the beginning again. Like I'd create a new email account or I'd create a new this or that that I already created but I couldn't remember that I created it because I was sort of mid-sentence by the end of the day. And so I feel like it could be important to complete whatever the creation is in a day or I'm just seeing this now. Whatever one creates, be able to create it in a day because it won't necessarily be there the next day. It'll be mid-sentence and then we'll start the whole thing over again. So can our creativity, at least one of the modes of it, be completed in a day, what we can do in a day. That's why I have trouble with this whole 
creating a course or something because it takes more than a day and that's why I like making these videos because it doesn't take more than a day. I can make one every day or several a day but it's not something that takes more than a day because then I forget the next day what I was doing. It's sort of like if we memorize a speech it's easy to say the whole thing and I remember this from stand-up comedy I couldn't remember any of the jokes that I was telling, but if I had the first few words, I could tell the whole joke. But there's no way I could start mid-joke or anything like that. So I was seeing that while I was driving related to creativity and setting it up somehow so we don't forget what we're doing mid-sentence. This is a good man. A sign that I'm trying to do too much at once, I told a potential employer that I have to pee by text because I thought I was texting someone else. So yeah, doing too much. And I stopped at Dollarama and got 15 more of those notebooks and I found a new one that I didn't get. Open your heart. I think they make cool little random gifts and today I gave away one in a baggie with a Bodhi leave and and I think it brightened that person's day. So mission accomplished. So yeah, I got a bunch of these different ones. I'm gonna try and bring this tree back to life with swirl water, with alive water. It's been watered once a week with regular water and it's practically dead, but we'll see what happens. I got my Haritake powder. This is supposed to help cleanse the pineal gland. I'm gonna test it out. It's officially getting cold at night. Uh-oh. And I had some of the Haritake powder. And today the weirdest thing happened, the weirdest sign. I had a favorite tree when I was in California and I'd never seen it anywhere before and I probably put a video or a picture of it during my time there somewhere in these video dialogues and today I was walking down the street that I'm staying on right now and there was that same tree. It had rained so it looked a little bit beaten up. All the pink fluff was a little bit beaten up but there it was and it just makes me feel like Those elements of beauty have found me back home. So I feel like I'm in the right place. I feel like it was a sign that I'm in the right place. I had a magical moment this morning when I realized the same pink tree, my favorite one in California, is on the block here. And I remember somebody once saying, don't move, everything happens around you. And I was pondering that today, it popped into my mind. And 
I was thinking of it literally like don't move don't move away from here maybe I'm in the right place right now so it's kind of magical that the hummingbirds are here where I've plop myself to stay for a while and the bunnies and my favorite pink tree and the last couple weeks I've been doing a lot of computer work and focusing a lot and doing just fine with it but I'm getting into peer support just a little bit and there's some paperwork for it and stuff on the computer and as soon as I open it it's like my mind stops I can't think I can't focus there's a form I want to fill out to go to an event so it's a professional development form and I look at it and I feel like I can't even fill my name in the name field and fill out the form it's a pretty simple form and then there's another form I need to fill out for something and I feel like such effort and I actually remember this and this is what happened last year when I was working that other peer support job for a while I was doing fine with it and then all of a sudden it got to a point where my brain just stopped And I had a shift today, and after the shift, my eyes felt kind of tired, even though it was really enjoyable, for sure. So I'm wondering if, if it's worth it to do, because it seems to move me out of the flow of what I'm creating. So, working in peer support, of course, is partly for the money, and I want to help people but I feel like I'm creating something to possibly help people somewhat but then by working in peer support for a bit of money it might derail what I'm creating because I'm not able to maintain staying in flow so the money might not be worth it I'm not sure And tomorrow I'm taking first aid, and that's early, and it's all day long. And today I made some juice, and I spilled some juice.
Juicing is fun until you make a big effing mess. I'm really glad this wasn't beet juice. And it made a big mess. And I was thinking about how I remember watching some videos by some business guy where they put 10% of the budget towards mistakes. I can't remember who that was, but actually allowing for mistakes. And for some reason this popped into my head when I spilled the juice because I felt like I had time to do this and that and this before I left for work. But then I spilled the juice. And of course, it went all over the stove and down the side of the stove and on the floor, around the foot of the stove, and up the wall and down the cupboards and in the drawer. And it made a really big mess. And so it took a while to clean up. And then yesterday, I accidentally messaged somebody that I stopped somewhere because I had to pee and that person was a non-family member and non-close friend. And I didn't mean to group text that person. We had a laugh about it, but still, it was a boo-boo. And I did something else too. So I'm noticing I'm making some errors. So maybe in this space of flow in daily life, one needs to allocate time for errors of some kind. So I'm not sure if I'm slowing down, if my brain is slowing down. It does feel like it's losing flow. I wouldn't say it's focus, but when I lose that flow and it feels like my brain hits a wall, the simplest task seems really challenging. And this is definitely one of my early warning signs on my rap plan is simple linear tasks become very challenging. And I've been working on being linear lately and I've made a couple of pretty good documents through Dropbox paper. And I'm planning to share that with somebody that it could be helpful to. So I've been making that document. It's quite complex and lots of different factors and I think of ideas to put in it and then I put it in the right place in the document. So I'm seeing that I'm not necessarily having trouble being linear. Sometimes I can lose track of time or sometimes I can so many different things but I feel like maybe those elements happen when I'm on the wrong path or putting my energy in the wrong direction because I've been in this flow of creation for weeks I'd say probably nearly three weeks and now all of a sudden when I'm getting back into peer support my brain is starting to shut down. And I see how this could apply to other people where sometimes we can be seen as non-functional but when we're being pushed or not even push, but the main way of functioning is like a nine to five job or a functional job. The brain has trouble functioning in that direction and it has a lot of capacity to function in other directions, but those other directions are directions that aren't part of 
the way society works and is deemed as functional. So after tomorrow, I won't have any peer support for a while because I'm going to the island. So we'll see if my brain goes back into some semblance of flow. I need to do a couple documents for peer support and do this first aid and then have a break. It's all the paperwork and all the documents and maybe I don't have a problem with paperwork and documents but I do when it's retrospective like what did you do or blah 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 record this record that but if I'm creating something then my brain can do it but going backwards I think that's a problem it's not as much being linear as it is going backwards that's why I don't even feel like I can necessarily go backwards and look at what I've talked to myself about because it's going backwards because that is denying the infinity of the creative process feeling like oh I have to go back to remember something to utilize it if one doesn't do that the next creative thing comes into consciousness so it's messing with the creative process and the creative flow to go back and think oh I need to contrive something and it seems like I can pull from stuff from the past if I'm utilizing it to create something useful or helpful or something I really don't know but I'm noticing that my brain is just like uh... and the rain is back in summer since February here comes the rain first of all a little bit of 528 Hertz which is the frequency of love hello second of all I have an itchy right nipple now this has never happened before, and it could be serious. I'm gonna have to Google it later when I actually have cell phone reception. But for now, I'm gonna use this Satya Calendula Balm that I got at some kind of eco-friendly show at some point. That might help. I like to carry a lot of useful things with me. Speaking of which, I purchased this. Because I like to walk in parks by myself and this way I might prevent some kind of animal attack, including human animals, if you know what I mean. I think this picture says it all. Oh yes, this woman is so afraid of dog and coyote attacks when she's running alone. I'm sure. And that's why I'm sure I got it too. 
So I'm not sure if it's legal to carry it, but I feel like I need to protect my personal safety because part of my lifestyle design is being out and about in parks because I love nature, but not all nature and parks are safe for single women walking alone. And yesterday I didn't officially talk with myself, so I have a lot to say. I did a little bit of talking with myself when I was at first aid, and I'll put that clip in here somewhere. Maybe I already did. Feeling lots of energy today, but I'm stuck in first aid class, and it's interesting for sure. And I'm eating some Costco walnuts, and they taste gross. I usually get walnuts from realrawfood.com. They have organic soaked and sprouted and redried walnuts that melt in your mouth. They taste so good. These ones taste like crap. Maybe it's because I've been eating healthier, so crappy walnuts taste like crap. And yesterday at first aid, there was this interesting character, this guy, and he was such a cowboy with cowboy boots and his cowboy hat and his kind of dirty, cool jeans and... I couldn't stop staring at him because he was such an interesting character. He was so himself. He was this cowboy guy and comfortable with it and he spoke like a cowboy. He's like, oh, I was working on a dairy farm and and things like that. And yeah, it was fascinating. And so I think I was drawn to that energy of just being a certain type of character and I want to create that as part of my lifestyle design. I was thinking of getting some pink highlights at some point to make myself into a bit of a character and not stuck on one character. This is this is one character, but I want to have a manic alter ego to embody my mania further, not necessarily to be that all the time and to be stuck in that, but to be mutable and to be able to transform when I want to. So I did order a pink tutu on eBay. It's gonna take a while to get to me, but it could be something handy for rollerblading in. And when I was in California, I was in a parade and wore a tutu and rollerblades and people really thought it was fun. So fun things like that. Dun, 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 dun. And it could also be handy for jumping on a trampoline somewhere because I feel like part of my lifestyle design is possibly being mobile and having my trampoline and my rollerblades with me and driving around and having fun and I've had that dream for a while that might be part of my next dream so in the meantime it'll be interesting to see if I create that dream or if I do the full-time job thing at some point so I feel like it's a bit of a race to create my next lifestyle design to stay a step ahead of maybe doing the full-time job thing because I don't know if that's in alignment with my nervous system. So I'm going to be jumping around a lot because I have a lot to say. I have a couple clips from yesterday that I'll put in. One about something I read on Twitter related to mental health. So I clicked on my first Twitter link in days. I just couldn't help myself. It says, we got funded. Can't wait to work with our team to help involuntary patients better understand their rights. So I clicked on it, and it doesn't say much, but it says, Improving Mental Health Act Rights, Advice, Communications, and Practices. Well, 
How about no mental health act, like in other provinces? And then I scrolled down. This is the Michael Smith Foundation for Health Research. And this grant or award is right in there with disseminating infographic scientific data about women's genital pain using social media. I think I'll go back to ordering a pink tutu on eBay. Dun, 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 dun. And another is I found my magical backpack. It's so cool looking. It'll take a while to get here too. I think I found my magical backpack. But I can see my manic self with this magical backpack and a tutu on rollerblades and some kind of camper van going around having fun. Because I do feel part of this design is sharing all I want to share related to mental health and also micronutrients and, and showing what kind of life the micronutrients can create without getting stuck in that. Without getting stuck in staying within that limited framework. Showing that one can create a playful, fun, creative life with the right nutrition and who knows what. And also I feel like in this flow, that's part of what is healing, is designing and creating and flowing. And it becomes one process of creating one's life moment to moment. And I've done a lot of lifestyle design lately, that's for sure. And something I thought of recently, and I think I touched on it briefly, but I'll touch on it again, is that in BC, where I live, they have a monthly nutrition supplement for people to get a bit of money if they're on disability in order to cover nutrition and vitamins and minerals and things. So I'm going to see if I can qualify for that based on some of the research on micronutrients. I don't know if it'll work, but it'll still be interesting to see because if the financial barrier could be removed then that would be something. And if it can't be, based on the way it is now, maybe making it so there is a nutrition and vitamin supplement for people who have mental health diagnoses who are on disability. And also, if I'm able to show that by taking these micronutrients, I'm able to transition off disability when a lot of people who get diagnosed with a serious and persistent mental illness rarely do end up returning to work or whatever and I don't even think it's a matter of oh returning to some meaningless job but if the micronutrients help to design and create a life of one's design and creation that's really powerful and that's what I'm going to be working on in these next months and I can imagine myself in mid-February when I share this process taking off in my Outreach, outplay, overflow camper van. So I did go and look at camper vans and things today. And this is very, very preliminary research. And I don't think I want one of those little trailers. I think I want an all-in-one. And I was looking at some all-in-ones and some of them are really expensive, crazy expensive. And so here's some of the things that I found. 
I'm just about to look at some camper vans to start the dream research. I really don't know anything about them, but it's part of my dream to have some kind of little camper van type thing. And maybe that's a possibility for next year. So here I go. Ooh, look at the name of this one. This is cool. Neato. Wonder how much this costs. Nearly two hundred thousand dollars. Now this thing's forty-two grand. This one that goes on a big truck. Here's one that's got the vehicle integrated. Now these little trailer guys, these mini trailer guys, are about thirty-three thousand. This one's cute, it's just little. Kinda like ones like this. Small. It's not open there, so I can't go inside. This is the case I carry my hearty nutritionals in. So I have my micronutrients at the back in here, and then here are my amino acids. It's time to take two of these on an empty stomach, and then I'll take some more of the micronutrients 15 minutes after that. And then afterwards I googled small camper vans, ones that you can still park in a parking spot. And there is a website called sportsmobile.com where you can custom order and custom design a little camper van that that looks like a regular van and they turn it into a camper van and the cool thing about the custom is that for me I don't want a TV in my space and not only is that an amount of money but it also takes up space I could have cupboards there where there might be a TV I don't want a microwave there's a spot for microwave. I don't need one. I don't need it wired in. I don't need the power for it. I don't need the microwave. I don't like microwaves. And if I perhaps transition back to raw food only, which I might, not now, it's very challenging to do as the months get colder. But imagine in February or say maybe June, the two year mark, June 20th, 2018, if I take off in a camper van, then it'll be warm. I might travel through BC because it'll be warm here. And then after that, in October, head south. And then it'll be warm and there'll be lots of raw food down there. So saying that, I might not need a stove. And those are some big items. So I could have more storage space, a space for a Blendtec blender and different raw food things. So I could go back to my raw food happy self. Back to how I was before I was ever labeled with a mental illness. So when I go home, I'm going to investigate that and have, and maybe design a custom camper van that is for a raw vegan. Right now I'm a vegetarian, but I do resonate more with vegan and when I do resonate with vegan I resonate more with raw vegan and I resonate more with 
yeah, raw, not cooked and all fancy and things like that. So yeah, I wouldn't need an oven. I could have a space for my juicer, things like that. So that was really exciting. And back to the amount of money for nutrition for the supplement. It needs to have a couple categories to qualify. And the two that I thought would apply to mental health are malnutrition and also serious neurological degeneration. And with all the talk about how there's cognitive decline and cognitive deficits, well, that's serious neurological degeneration that could threaten life. And also malnutrition and these nutrients show that they nutrate to the point where one can function without medication. Right now, if I were to stop taking the micronutrients, I would be in grave danger. And that is part of the supplement form. And I took some screenshots of the form. So I'll flash it in here. So I'm trying to see if the stuff that I can do related to mental health might help other people in the future to go on this journey that I've gone on by removing the financial barrier, by removing some of the fear, by showing the process that I've gone through, by showing what's possible, by designing a life of one's dreams and living it. And I'll go back and touch on things like that when I remember them as I'm talking to myself because I do have a lot to talk about. And another thing I did last night that was kind of a cool experiment that I realized I could do because I have a second phone for work was I did the coherence breathing that I used to do a couple months ago, especially when I was tapering off the mads and I used it as a gesture to make my heart feel safe. So I did the coherence breathing with the complete coherence app. So I, you put on the chest strap for that and use the app on my iPhone and then put the Muse app on my little Android phone that I have for work because the Muse app is free, whereas the Complete Coherence app, I think was about $10. So I was breathing in coherence with my eyes open while having the Muse brain sensing headband on. And it was interesting because my brain didn't stay in a calm state the whole time like it does if I close my eyes. I think the difference is closing my eyes. So I have to keep my eyes open in order to make sure that I'm following the breath cycle on the Muse app 
So that's why I had my eyes open, but then it showed that my brain wasn't staying in the calm state, which I noticed after, because the Muse data comes after. This is confusing, just to explain it without showing it. So I might do a video of the setup that I've used to illustrate it better. But it, I also noticed that so quiet I can hear that bird flying overhead and it's so far away that's cool I love that sound I first heard that sound in California the sound of a bird flying and these are the beautiful sounds that we miss in the noise of the world anyways I have to keep my eyes open to follow the breaths per minute which is part of the coherence breathing is to breathe at this steady rate and I do four breaths per minute, which is the slowest. And I found that that way I could stay in coherence. But I noticed that on Muse, I had 56 recoveries when usually I only have about 10 or something. And I only earned about four birds or six birds or something. But I did notice too that my brain rhythmically went between active and calm and active and calm. And it almost seemed like a heartbeat. And I don't think this was a bad thing. I feel like maybe a different algorithm could be developed where the brain is naturally going from active to calm to active to calm to active to calm. It's not staying hyper aroused and active and disturbed, but it's going back into a calm, like being awake and alert and then the brain calms down and then it notices something and then it calms down. This could actually be possibly an algorithm of Krishnamurti's choiceless awareness of being aware of something and then it catching one's attention and then being calm and then being aware choicelessly just from one thing to the next and I don't know I'm just making that up so then I did a shorter meditation just to see what would happen I didn't want to spend another 20 minutes and I had my eyes closed so this time I was focusing more on the muse having my eyes closed and being calm and then I had the coherence app on as well but I wasn't looking to see if I was staying in coherence so I didn't stay in coherence as much but my brain was in the calm state throughout the muse meditation but I didn't stay in coherence as much and I have all the graphs for these so I'll show that
What was interesting though is subjectively, I think that I felt better when following the breathing in coherence incoherence, that sounds like incoherence, breathing coherently, I felt euphoria and I felt bliss and I felt nothing. And then when I switched and I ignored the coherent breathing and I closed my eyes, which is ignoring the coherent breathing indicator, and I was doing the muse calm, like their algorithm, be calm and however that works I feel like it's more of a forced calmness like perhaps it's not natural to stay that calm all the time it seems more natural to be aware and calm aware and then back to calmness and aware and back to calmness and that brain cycle graph of that during that even though it shows I was more active than I have been in any other of the muse meditations because I wasn't following it by closing my eyes and doing all the relaxing. Of course the brain's going to be more calm when we close our eyes, but that isn't practical in daily life. We're not going to be closing our eyes. But perhaps seeing this active and then going calm, that could be good. I don't know. It's not good according to the Muse app because it shows that I only had 19% calm. But subjectively, I felt a lot more energy and and bliss doing the coherent breathing and ignoring the Muse thing. So then the next time I did pay attention to the muse it shows my brain more calm I earned way more birds I had way less recoveries because my brain wasn't going into the active state I don't think the active state is a problem per se it is perhaps what are we what is our brain being active on my brain was active on coherence breathing but when it's active and, and agitated all the time by the noise of the world then perhaps that isn't good and it wasn't like active all the time, it was going like this. And I'll show those pictures and it's interesting to note the algorithm of Muse and, and what it's trying to get us to do. Because meditation, in terms of trying to remain calm all the time, isn't really practical. It can be helpful, I'm not saying it's not helpful. I'm just saying subjectively, the coherence breathing felt better. And then the other thing that was really interesting for me was I was doing the coherence breathing and I haven't done it since I think I might have done it once in early August and once in early July or it might have been once in early July and once in June and I looked at those graphs and I wasn't able to stay in coherence the whole time and it took me a bit longer to get into coherence and what I noticed this time right away I got into coherence in the excellent range and I was able to stay there the whole time my heart didn't go out of coherence and I remember before it always does and it's challenging to keep it and I actually feel like the micronutrients might be helping with that I have the proper minerals and vitamins and that is what helps with the electricity and everything to keep the heart going in coherence so something that would be interesting is that if somebody starts on micronutrients to get the chest strap and the coherence app and then do breathing coherence and see how it gets better over time 
with taking the micronutrients and taking less medications. Maybe if I'd kept up with the breathing coherence, I would have seen that somewhat. But it's hard to say if it's the practice of the coherence breathing that makes it better or it's the micronutrients. For me, I haven't been practicing coherence breathing at all. And then all of a sudden I do it again and it was super easy. And I use it on the hard mode. I could change it to, I think there's one more challenging mode that makes it so one has to stay even more in coherence to get the excellent rating. And I will do a video of this setup using a video camera and then showing my two phones at some point. Because I feel like these are really metrics and biofeedback and technology that we can use. If I'm able to breathe in coherence like that, then something is good, something's going right. And I wasn't able to do that ever when I was on the medications and now I'm not on the medications and I'm able to breathe in coherence and then if I was to watch those TED Talks about the coherence breathing that originally got me onto this, I would learn that that means that the heart is sending the right electrical nutrition and information to the brain when one is breathing in coherence. And if I'm able to do that better on micronutrients, and a lot of us have heart stress and, and heart racing and things when we're in something like a psychosis or anxiety, well, maybe the heart needs some nutrients so it's not freaking out. And if we learn to coherence breathe, these are physiological things. And that's something the TED Talks do talk about, is correcting the physiology. So by correcting the physiology, life unfolds in a different way. And that's what I'm doing with the micronutrients, checking things out with the Muse headband. I've been doing this coherence breathing thing and I haven't been doing it because I haven't felt any stress, really. But I might do it to see if I'm able to maintain more coherence breathing now that I'm not taking the medications. And so for me, I know that it wasn't practicing coherence breathing that all of a sudden made me substantially better. And I'll compare my results from a couple of months ago, those few times that I did it, to now. And the last time I was doing it consistently it was when I was just on my last bit of medication when I was in California. So hopefully I covered all of that. I did take a lot of screenshots, so I will have to do a bunch of editing to put that in here and show it. And I could put it on a blog post too. That's a lot of work. 
but these are the things that could be more valuable than creating so many words I'm not sure. I just feel like if the physiology is, is corrected and the body is paid attention to, then there's a lot less of the hoopla to talk about. And that was something I was thinking about in terms of after complaining what happened to me in April 2016 in the psych ward, how much of that was just extra hoopla that might have been completely unnecessary if I had the proper nutrition in my body. So I feel like if I am able to officially transcend in my life, and of course nothing's ever etched in stone, but if I'm able to go nine months without a crisis, I can almost say thank you. There would have been not much to complain about had I known about this from the beginning. And I'm probably going to go to that cognitive remediation conference because it talks about how there's so many cognitive deficits and types of cognitive deficits and what can be done about them and what I don't like is right on the page and I think I printed something out about this and I'll, so I'll talk about it again they say cognitive remediation isn't a replacement for medications the medications help with the psychosis and the cognitive remediation helps with the cognitive decline resulting from the illness and that's the part that gets me the most or part of the most is that they they attribute all the cognitive decline to the worsening of the illness when nearly a hundred percent of people that they study that have de cognitive declines are on medications it's not like they have this control group of half the people not on any meds for a long period of time and seeing if they have any type of cognitive decline. That would be the thing to do a study on is follow, or it could even be done now because there's people who might have been taking micronutrients for 10 years, compare how people are doing who've been taking micronutrients only for 10 years who have a label of schizophrenia or bipolar disorder and if they have cognitive decline versus people who have been taking antipsychotics for 10 years and if they have cognitive decline and compare that and I'm saying this to myself because I don't have time to do all these studies but for me my life is my study and my experiment and my design so this is an experimental design of my life and then there's another interesting conference coming up about psychosis in November so one will be cognitive remediation and them talking about how we're cognitively declining and doing some fancy app-based exercises maybe to get some of that cognition back and the other one is really interesting it's talking about understanding these other experiences how they're related to trauma engaging with so-called psychosis and not thinking well there's no way to understand it so there's no point in engaging it it's really fascinating it's like one pole with the cognitive remediation and then another pole the conference is on CBT and psychosis which is cognitive behavioral therapy for psychosis but the points they mention in the outline of the workshop are really fascinating to me because they resonate with me subjectively and they're a lot about what I've been talking about with myself, so it'll be interesting to hear clinicians talking about it.
in these ways. So I feel like I'm not going to say I want to stop talking about mental health because I have said that a million times. But I want to investigate, continue to investigate to see what's being said that I resonate with participating with so that as I'm more firmly rooted in taking micronutrients, I'll know where I can share, where I can speak up, or I may end up leaving in my camper van and at that point not engaging with it anymore. But I want to be able to see if I can remove the financial barrier for people, see what they're saying about all this cognitive decline, because that's the saddest part. What happens to so many of us as a result of the medications, and again, it's passed off as worsening of our mental illness. Just like how it happened to me in the psych ward last year where I got so much worse and they would just think, oh, it's worsening of her illness. But it was the medication and as soon as I was off that medication, I was back to myself. And I knew better. So I'm feeling like if I was on that medication, high dose antipsychotics daily, of course I'd have a decline in cognition, but it wouldn't be worsening of my mental illness because I've had this label for six years and I have no cognitive decline and I have never been on daily antipsychotics. I've been on PRN antipsychotics for a total of maybe 90 days or, and it was only two weeks worth at a time on two occasions, but then when I was in California, I did end up taking them for a longer period and tapering off them in one eighth reductions so that my body could slowly adapt to having it out of my system. Otherwise, I probably would have only been on them for a total of about 45 days in the six years. So I want to collect some evidence about this whole hoopla that they're saying that the cognitive declines are from our mental illness and the medications help with the psychosis and then bringing in all this hoopla of cognitive remediation and whatever else to help with the decline cognition that is likely caused from the medications. And then even the conference about understanding trauma related to psychosis and all of that, how much of that conversation could be eliminated by taking micronutrients? And of course, some PTSD stuff could come back up for me and then I'll be like, oh, i got to re-engage with this understanding and meaning-making thing. But I feel like lifestyle design keeps me a step ahead of that. I, I don't know. I feel like we need enough nutrition to deal with the stress of trauma, with the stress of thoughts, with the stress of the past infecting the present. And when we have enough nutrition, we can be present. And even if something challenging arises in consciousness, we have the nutrition to be able to, to move with it and through it. It can't derail us, and I don't know if that's true, 
that's part of this experiment of waiting to see if I can go nine months without a crisis. And it's not like I'm sitting and doing nothing. I've been so busy lately. Today I'm spending the day in the park because I really need it. That is what really helps me to decrease that allostatic load is being in the silence of nature and I showed that with the muse headband that was sitting in the park and it was so much easier to stay calm being in the park and I think that's something else the muse headband can be used for is seeing where and when and what situations and contexts and scenarios agitate the brain and we can see that for ourselves so it could really help in designing a wrap plan. So I'm talking about a lot. I talk about a lot of things that I might not utilize myself. They're ideas. I'm kind of an idea person. I don't have time to design all this and carry it out or I could do one little group and that would take up most of my time but I like to talk about these ideas with myself and then design my life and live my daily life and see what parts that I talk about unfold. It might only be 0.1% of what I talk about actually unfolds. But by talking about these things with myself on video, perhaps others who resonate with some of the ideas or maybe even thought of them themselves already can carry them out or design other elements into their life that might be helpful. I have been taking more video clips throughout the day and I like that but then when editing some of them might be a little bit out of order. That doesn't matter because I'm all over the place anyways and I did find a special message on my jeans this morning. The jeans did fit but not comfortably enough to wear them all day. I'm about to try these pants on and there's a special message. I don't know if they'll fit because they're really small but I'm going to try them on anyway. Live your life. And tomorrow is actually my one year anniversary of doing self-dialogue. My first one year anniversary was June 20th, but I set a second one for September 11th as more officially one year, doing it more than I was those first couple of months. And I could even set another one where by mid-October or something I was doing it and had a process of doing the videos and editing them on time and getting quite into it. And it's kind of fitting that tomorrow I'm going to talk to my friend Katie Motram by Skype. I haven't talked to her in quite a while. We're kind of acquaintance friends on a similar mission in life in different parts of the world yet I haven't come out with what I've been doing yet so I'll share some of what we talk about. I want to talk to her about my dreams and what I envision and if I share some of what I talk about then maybe that will be a way to see if some of it comes true because I'll actually be talking to somebody about that as opposed to talking to myself on the phone. It's a little bit of a different energy. I can be a little more all over the place when I'm talking with myself, but if I'm talking with her, it'll 
it'll come out differently. And I've talked about how I've been watching this thing about a seed launch or a product launch. I think there's one more video to come my way in an email. And I was thinking about the word launch. And another term for launch is takeoff. Get ready for launch, get ready for takeoff. So I feel like the thing that I'm designing is a takeoff, is not a launch, but takeoff, meaning have the mobile lifestyle of the camper van or something and design a trip to take off and then launch this self-dialogue when I do take off. And he talked about in his videos how people like behind the scenes stuff. People generally release this polished product and then the guy, Jeff Walker or something, is saying, oh, they like when you share a little bit of behind the scenes. And I was thinking about how this is all behind the scenes. And my mom has a nickname for me called Scene. I call her C, she calls me Scene. So this is behind the scene. And perhaps I'll leave it all behind me and move into what is in front of me. So it'll go from behind the scene to moving. And I was thinking of switching to live videos when I do take off. So how I make little clips and then put them into a video during the day. I'm going to practice making those little clips throughout the day and then by the time I take off, by the time I launch, by the time I reach escape velocity, then I'll do live videos out and about. Which I'm not doing yet because for obvious reasons. I thought of an interesting word transformation, word progression, reframe which is related to mental health and the complaint process I went through. I went from compliance to complaint and now I'm going to being complete. Being complete with this whole saga. From compliance to complaint to complete. I was thinking about how Krishnamurti talks about the crisis in human consciousness and how it's all one consciousness so it's not separate and I feel like in map consciousness we're feeling that crisis in human consciousness we go into a space of a totally different way of living in so-called mania and then fall back into feeling the crisis in human consciousness and I was thinking about something I learned in CPR which was the brain, liver, and heart are very specialized cells, and the more specialized the cells, the faster they die when there's no oxygen. So the brain, liver, and heart cells start to die within four to six minutes without oxygen. And I was thinking about how Krishnamurti talks about a mutation in the brain. Can the brain cells mutate? And I was picturing, and I don't know if this is true, but I was picturing the brain cells related to the ego me self dying as part of that mutation and as those brain cells are dying because oxygen's no longer going to feed the ego and nutrients are being withdrawn from that the brain's mutating and it feels like we're dying 
and then we panic or have so-called psychosis and start to project images about scary things that are happening to us because the brain is dying to that and also we're experiencing those elements of the crisis in consciousness and Krishnamurti says it's one brain, one human brain, not my brain and your brain. So in that way we can feel like we're experiencing anything that is stored in the total human brain throughout the collective, through all of human history. And then the space of a totally different way of living, which is similar to so-called mania, is the potential and the possibility of living in the one human consciousness in the creative state, not referencing the past crisis. So can we move beyond that crisis in consciousness into a totally different way of living? And I thought that was a good reframe to have in my own context because it could be possible that my brain will again experience a death or pruning of certain things but it's withdrawing the nutrients and the oxygen from that area of the brain, the brain related to the self. And the self continually needs to die again and again. The brain is trying to free itself from that consciousness, from that crisis in consciousness. And that part of the brain, those brain cells that hold those memories, that hold all of that energy, need to die. And I was thinking about how it feels like to be in the, that state. It's adrenaline and fight or flight feeling and fear as those brain cells are dying. And I also realized too that the AED, that automated defibrillator device, when it shocks a person's heart, the heart is in a quivering state and it shocks the person's heart. So then the heart stops temporarily and then resets. And I think there's something that happens too when this brain cell death, this self-death, this crisis in consciousness dying, when that happens in the brain, there's a death and then it stops, but then something else blooms after that death. So it's scary. But it has to all die and go offline in order for that flowering afterwards to happen. The flowering of something new, of getting into a different rhythm. And I feel like this could be designed into the human brain. The brain, when it's traumatized enough, it's it has had enough of the self. So then one is in this fight or flight adrenaline state, which then triggers this ego death, which feels like death, it feels like panic, it's scary. But that whole structure needs to die because otherwise the trauma, if it keeps going, the personal trauma of the self, then it will likely destroy the individual organism. So I feel like it's actually a safety mechanism of some kind. And another thing that interested me from the CPR course was that the instructor said that when a person is in a physical emergency, you might know this person very well, but they're in a physical emergency, maybe they were hit by a car or something, all of a sudden they're swearing, swinging their arms, yelling and nobody thinks oh this person has a mental illness 
they think, oh, obviously they were hit by a car and they're in pain, and so that's why they're acting different. And I feel like how that relates to so-called mental illness is that our psyche gets hit with the energy of the universe. It's like a car accident that we can't see. And then all of a sudden that person that you know really well might be swearing and, and swinging their arms and trying to beat people up and afraid because it's the same kind of thing as a person physically being hit by a car. One is really hit by this energy of the universe and then it moves them into this space of crisis where we almost feel like we're being physically harmed and we definitely feel like we've been psychologically harmed. Just like somebody who is in a physical accident can be psychologically traumatized after their body has healed. So it can happen the opposite way as well. Yet when we get hit by this invisible car of the universe, then one is thought to have this permanent mental illness and need to be medicated accordingly. I just thought it was interesting how in a physical emergency people aren't blamed or thought strange when they're swearing and and maybe trying to hit somebody if they're trying to help them. The same thing happens in a mental health crisis, but then it's attributed to some kind of permanent defect. I don't think that's true. And I found an interesting bit in the St. John's Ambulance First Aid reference guide that I had to do some pre-reading for for my first aid class. And what's so interesting about it is how it talks about injury and energy and how injuries result from too much energy being applied to the body. A burn is too much thermal energy. An acid burn is due to too much chemical energy. Snow blindness is caused by too much light energy. A broken bone is caused by too much mechanical energy. A stopped heart from an electric shock is due to too much electrical energy. The body can take a certain amount of energy without being injured, but too much of any kind of energy can cause injury. Three factors determine whether injury will occur. How intense the energy was, how long the energy was applied, to what part of the body the energy was applied to. So all of that is really fascinating to me because it makes me feel like the energy of the universe, this psychic energy, this energy of consciousness can come in and injure, in quotes, the personal psyche, the personal self. All these little thoughts and beliefs we've accumulated which whirl around in us to create this epiphenomenon of a separate self existing apart from everything else, which is an illusion. The energy of the universe can come in and suspend that or break it apart. And then when that happens, it's kind of an injury. There's no longer this vessel of this contained self to keep the integrity of this false self-structure intact. So all that I said that from that manual, to me, there's this psychological energy, this energy of human consciousness, of the totality of human consciousness that can come in and break up the individual self that keeps other information out, that keeps the energy of the whole history of all of humanity out. Because it's all in our brain and being, it's all in our DNA. 
We have access to all of it, but our limited self-structure keeps us from having access to that. So it says, a broken bone is caused by too much mechanical energy. Well, an injury in an individual human consciousness is caused by the energy of the totality of human consciousness applied for too long, applied to the brain, to the being, to the psyche, who knows. But it is congruent, it's similar. So I found that wording in the first aid manual really fascinating. And I signed up to be a Muse ambassador. And that means that if you use my link, you get 15% off when you buy a Muse headband. And I hope you're not offended by me putting that in the description. And it's just a little experiment. I'm partly trying to experiment with designing in recommending things that I truly use and truly resonate. Because as more people in our neuro tribe start to access their gifts and create and design their life, perhaps sharing some of the tools in an integrated and integrous way along the way could be part of the design of one's life. So if I'm living a mobile, manic, self-creative, creative moment by moment life, and I have 10 products that I use and recommend that I can give someone a link to on the spot and they can buy if I'm using it and they see that, then it's sharing energy instead of being a business person with a nine to five job selling one thing, one could share 10 products that one really resonates with, but share it in daily life in a, in a naturally unfolding way. That would be really cool. And there's a lot of elements out there for that now, like having a square reader or something and being able to sell something on the spot. I want to be able to live like that, live in a creative way and share those ways. There's a few things that I really resonate with, like this love tuner, the Muse headband, the Coherence app, and the chest strap, and certain food products, different things like that, that if people are interested in lifestyle design, it might be helpful to to do that. I have no idea. I might I might ixnay that too. I really don't know. I'm just playing around and I did this little questionnaire on this Crest BD website. I don't fully resonate with it, but I did a quick questionnaire in order to find my this little bug. pie of what's going on in my so-called bipolar life. And I rated everything good, nearly at the top, 16 out of 20, which was pretty much, there's only one level above that that I chose, and mainly because things can always have some form of improvement. 
but the one that wasn't 16 out of 20, the one that was 11 out of 20 is finances. And so I feel like if I can create an integrated way to be financially abundant as part of this learning process in the, in the coming months, then that would be really cool because that will help other people like me figure out a way to design that into their life especially because a lot of times we're called non-functional because we can't work nine to five and be robots and drones but we might be able to live creatively and then share and share our gifts and also share the gifts of what other people have helped us with by virtue of the gifts they've created like great products And I had this extra energy yesterday and I thought maybe it was attributed to taking the harataki powder and that stuff really does taste nasty. And when I realized that that could have been one of the reasons, I took it again last night and it's gross, but I've taken it two nights in a row now and I want to see what happens. It's supposed to cleanse the pineal gland. And when I was at first aid, there was a bunch of rough-and-tumble type industry guys in the class and all of a sudden they were talking about asking each other if they were doing some kind of bike ride for charity the next day and how it was to provide toys for kids and I was listening and feeling like wow that is really attractive and I do need to work on a little bit more humor. Yesterday night I was laughing with my mom over accidentally texting that person that I had to pee when I meant to text her. And it felt like such genuine joyful laughter and I really had a sense that I hadn't connected with that in a long time. And I've been giggling to myself a little bit more lately too about silly things. So, practicing humor, that sounds weird, practicing. And when I was at first aid yesterday, a joke came to mind. And I don't really know how the joke goes, or the real punchline, but it was something along the lines of how when I went to use the washroom, the toilet paper was the worst toilet paper ever. It was in one of those Kimberly Clark rolls, and it's one ply, and like sandpaper and I was thinking the irony is I'm taking a first aid class and I'm gonna need some first aid on my on my cucaracha after using this toilet paper because it's so rough that's not really a proper joke with a punchline but for some reason it came into my mind so I may as well share things like that my attempt to get my sense of humor back because this last year has not been that funny and that's something that I want back. It's something that that hospitalization last April took away from me. And I want it to be safe for me to laugh again. That's something else I wanted to say about cognitive remediation. And cognitive remediation is a particular thing, but getting cognition back in general. And I'm wondering if micronutrients might help people to get cognition back 
by tapering off meds and going into micronutrients. So I never lost that much cognition because I haven't been on long-term antipsychotics. But for the people who have, will micronutrients help people to get some of that cognition back? And I think it might be possible because I remember hearing Tony Steffen speak about micronutrients, the EMP product, which isn't the one I take, but somebody did a study in rats, and this is really mean, but they did a study where they cut out a part of a rat's brain and they had this activity where the rat had to be in water and then there was one little platform that they needed to find in order to get the cheese or something, and when they initially cut out the rat's brain, they couldn't find the platform and do the task very fast. But they gave these rats micronutrients and after a certain period of time, the rats that had their brain cut out and then they took micronutrients performed better at the task than rats that never had their brains cut out at all that didn't take micronutrients. So in terms of getting cognition back with this rat study, I feel like it's possible that even if we lose a lot of our cognition, if we take micronutrients, we can get it back. If the rats can get it back, then we can get it back. And I'm just thinking in hopeful terms. Saying that doesn't help me. I don't have that struggle. I'm thinking of struggles that other people have. I can continue to afford micronutrients because I do work a bit and things like that, but I'm going to try to see if I can get it funded to see if it will be funded and then share that with people to remove the financial barrier for other people. And if it's not, why the heck can we not have micronutrients funded if they do work? And at the same time, if I'm able to prevent crisis in myself for nine months showing, hey, they do work. Here's the studies that show they work, here's the studies that show they help with the brain neurodegeneration and they help with malnutrition, and here is my personal experience, so why the hell can we not have it funded, if, especially if it allows people to have better quality of life, for God's sakes. So the things that I'm doing related to mental health right now aren't for my own sake, I could say sayonara to it right now, but I still feel called to investigate. I feel called to see what happens. I don't need to go back to my psychiatrist right now, but I'm going to, to see what I can help design for other people to make this path a little easier financially and, and whatever else. And maybe at some point when I am ready to go on my mobile creative lifestyle, I'll feel like I've done all I can do to help other people who are struggling with this same challenge that I've had. And maybe advocate to remove the barriers for people being able to go through a process like this if they want. If I'm able to advocate for people getting micronutrients funded if they want to transition to micronutrients, doesn't mean people have to transition to micronutrients. It means that if they want to, then there's no financial barrier. Just like they do a lot in the government to remove the financial barrier for people taking medications, 
There's Plan G, where the government funds the medication if one is a low-income earner. There is medication costs covered if one is on disability. There are so many options for getting medications covered. Well, what about if micronutrients work? Getting those covered. I can't remember if I said this, but I'll say it again anyways. The other night when I was making a video at night and saying I was feeling a moment of blah, I got an email from a friend that said, you are a living work of art. And I thought that was a really sweet testimonial. And I wonder what'll happen if I stay in this state of flow and action for the next six months. And I think I'm gonna buy the domain Synchroversity or Synchroversity Wellness and make some business cards or something. So I'm wondering if the mental health paradigm can be changed from the current paradigm to one of understanding that we're malnourished, that we don't have the nutrition to deal with this overstimulation, this world that is information overload for us now. And we become hypersensitive to a world that we're not adapted for in the first place. So perhaps we need even more nutrition than what we got in food a hundred years ago when the soil was still really rich and giving us a lot of different minerals. Perhaps we're all developing nutrient dependencies because the soil no longer has the nutrition. And people argue about this stuff all the time, but I'm wondering because I'm going based on my own personal experience. And I wonder if mental illness, so-called mental illness, can be reduced by 80% if 80% of it is indeed nutritional, as Dr. Abram Hoffer said. And one thing I was playing with this morning was this idea that even getting into really good shape or having a good body doesn't take very much time. Because I was thinking about how when I go into a state of so-called mania, and I have in the past, I'm immediately so much stronger. It's not like I have to work out and then slowly I get that strong. All of a sudden I'm stronger, I'm more flexible, all of these things. So I was thinking about, and I thought of this after how I did a spunk session, which is one of those acupressure mats. I did one the other night and then I when I woke up in the morning my spine didn't click as much when I was doing bedroom yoga which I learned from Carol Maureen Friesen at the Lightworker Institute or Lightworkers Institute. So this morning I did the spunk for about a minute and then I did neck traction which is something that one can get from a chiropractor for about a minute and I was thinking about how Maybe doing some of these things for just a few seconds or a minute is like reminding the body of the blueprint so it can move naturally in that way throughout the day. So not forcing the body by doing 20 minutes of this and half an hour of this and an hour of this, but just the gesture of the reminder of that. So doing a couple seconds of this, a couple seconds of that, just to remind the body so it can do what it does naturally. Because we generally think we have to force everything. 
we have to work out, we have to do all this stuff to force the body. Even the muse headband, sit and be quiet for 20 minutes or an hour to force the mind to be calm. When perhaps something like coherence breathing reminds the body how to breathe and then the body naturally goes in a cycle of of alertness and then calmness and then alertness and then calmness. Noticing something and then calm and then noticing the next thing and then calm because we're always going to be noticing something. But if we're calm in each spot in between that, maybe that's more powerful than forcing calmness. But learning to coherence breathe does take a little bit of time. But maybe even that, doing one minute of coherence breathing a day instead of 20. And that's something I could try. I'll do a little bit more. I want to see if I can stay in the coherence breathing. But maybe after that, I could design a one minute of each thing station or two minutes. I'm thinking of designing in two minutes of spunk, two minutes of traction, a minute of the head tingler that I have, but I don't have that with me right now. I have a lot of these little tools that I could design in 20 minutes of different one minute stations, which are all gestures towards the body of caring and love and acknowledgement and being embodied and remembering the body and how important it is to our journey, to our quest, but not forcing it in any one direction. And maybe some days the body will want more of one station. I just made that idea up now. I kind of like that for my center of creativity that I want to create. And it's communicating to the body. It's the activation energy, but not the practice, not the forcing, not using conscious will to overdo it in any particular area. So we're harvesting, we're creating, and we're blueprinting, we're re-blueprinting, we're re-imprinting, and acknowledging that the body can put us in that place of strength at any moment, which is usually inversely related to the strength of the self. So as the strength of the psychological self decreases, the strength of the body increases. And it's a shift, it's a mutation, it's something that happens in an instant. I'm walking and thinking about a couple things. One of them is the act of walking and how, what I'm doing right now, walking through a forest, something as old as humanity itself. And when we go into altered states of consciousness, mob consciousness, mania, so-called psychosis, elements of the collective unconscious of all of humanity since the beginning of time of humanity can arise in consciousness and be disorienting. So how I'm equating this is doing something physical, something that the body is used to since the dawn of humanity, like walking through a forest could be a way to ground some of that because the mind and the psyche is wanting to go back a million years. So by doing something the body, the human body has been doing for a million years, it could be a way to acknowledge that timeline. We do so much with our time nowadays that the human body and being and psyche and mind has only been doing for 
for 10 years, 20 years, one year, two years, 50 years, such a short period of time in our whole history. And then in map consciousness, the whole of human history can come into consciousness. So by doing something as old as human history, it could calm down the psyche and calm down the body and calm down the brain cells and the cells and all the physiology. I'm not sure if that's true, but something that just came to mind. There's something else I realized besides the fact that these pants are too warm and too tight for walking in the forest when it was cold earlier, but now it's kind of warm. And I realized when I was editing a video that physiology and biomechanics changes chemistry. So the physiology and biomechanics of breathing coherently changes body chemistry. So the natural physiology of breathing, which is a biomechanical action, changes the body chemistry. It changes oxygenation, which which would have a whole cascade of chemical reactions. So then I realized that this physiology and biomechanics together, changing chemistry, is related to the term I created for myself, which is epigesturetics. So I'm seeing right now that epigesturetics is a combination of physiology, biomechanics, and the action of meaning, which is very subtle. So for example, somebody smiling is a physiological, biomechanical thing. And then if I see someone smile, that acts through the mirror neuron system in the brain and gives me the meaning of somebody with a happy and friendly gesture towards me, which then produces oxytocin. So I can recognize the meaning of that biomechanical physiological action, the meaning of it, me seeing it, seeing the meaning creates a chemical oxytocin. This is a very simple example. But this is how these gestures of meaning are translated and they're not separate. It's a flow of meaning. So the physiological biomechanical action of breathing means that I'll get oxygen. So there's a meaning for humans in the molecule oxygen itself. So it's all one process. So this physiological biomechanical meaning all tied in together translates into other meaning. It can translate into internal chemistry just like the action of breathing gives oxygen, which produces energy in the body. So it's all one movement, and then we divide it up into these separate sciences. But this is part of epigesturing oneself into other ways of being, other ways of living. It's access to a different field, a different flow of meaning than the meanings of 
are memorized thoughts. One can see new meaning instead of everything being translated according to old meaning. And the new meaning is what is inspiring. It gets us to breathe deeper and gain more oxygen. So meaning gives energy. If something has a lot of meaning, it doesn't matter how tired we are, we can act on it because it gives us energy. Darn it, I dropped my headphones. Another mistake. I think I said this the other day where it feels sort of like being disturbed by perfection. And then I drew a wisdom card from my wisdom power deck. And I haven't done that in a while. And can I allow things to be that good? And the card I drew was this one. And it says, move into that place of perfection within you. That place of truth, responsibility, confidence, and intuition. Collect your discipline like a Buddha meditating in a garden of snow. Impeccability is an area of strength that continues to flame within. Maintaining your power and intent, this flame burns in your center always, indicating the level of your capabilities and your effectiveness in bringing events into being. Impeccability is tended by the attentions of your sacred witness, that person within you who observes the target. Gather your power with impeccability, with the intensity of a rubber band pulled and held at its breaking point. Gather your intent and focus on your impeccability for the job about to be done. And I thought that was poignant. Right now I feel disturbed, not really disturbed by perfection, so it's interesting that I was talking about that at this moment. Halfway through my second lap on my walk, my pants were rubbing on my legs. I haven't worn those pants in a long time. I have these jeans and they're a lot looser than usual, so I thought I would wear some pants that were a little less loose, and it was bugging me so much. It felt so annoying. I might go back to the park now that I'm wearing looser pants. And I just shuffled the deck and decided to draw a card for today. And oddly enough, I just drew that. And I just said disturbed by perfection. And here it is. Dream your passion, fly away, go through the hoop of your innermost fears and desires. Meet them and conquer them. What pain from childhood have you not dealt with? Move into the wound of your most secret fears and find the seeds of wisdom that are planted there. Face what upsets you most. It is a great teacher. Give away whatever is holding you back. Insecurities, ego, fear of failure, or of not being loved, fear of being alone, and be reborn into a new state of perfection. Hmm. I haven't had any rice since my cleanse started over two weeks ago, but now that I'm going to donate blood in two days, I'm eating some rice to make sure I'm over 110 pounds. But it's making me feel kind of gross. I think I just feel weird right now after those rubbing pants and 
getting a little bit too hungry or something. I'm not sure. I feel like I want a kombucha. It occurred to me to put one of my stickers that I graded on my vitamin pack. Does anyone remember what that says? hundred bucks to the first person who remembers. There's one other thing I want to talk about to feel complete today and feel like there's nothing else I want to talk about tomorrow until I think of something else I want to talk about. First of all, when I was editing my last video, what I was saying kind of reminded me of this essay written by Dr. David Bohm called Soma Significance. Something to do with Soma Significance. I definitely recommend reading that. And it also reminded me of a lecture by Dr. Bruce Lipton on the biology of belief. Can't remember if I've talked about this already. I found the lecture to be more enlightening than the book he wrote. In the lecture, he outlines quite a few cool things. One of them was an experiment where they put some bacteria in a medium that was toxic to the bacteria with no food, basically, and some of the bacteria were able to mutate to be able to process that toxin as food. So it showed that there is something within the DNA or within the organism that can write the DNA necessary to create the protein in order to process that which would otherwise be toxic without the right genetic information to create the right protein. And I was thinking too that I feel that part of it is when the survival of the entire species or organism or whatever is at stake, then this special characteristic comes into being. I feel like the whole of humanity thought is becoming toxic to humanity. So sometimes there's a mutation where we can process other meaning than the thoughts that we've been programmed and conditioned in. All of a sudden we can see more and that perception rewrites the DNA and that's something that Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about in his lecture. So I won't go into that now, but it's something really fascinating for sure. The thing I wanted to talk about was the specific languaging. Oh look, the light shines off the paper that I want to read. Around the Cognitive Remediation Conference. And then compare that to the CBT for Psychosis Conference and workshop that is a totally different event. And the Cognitive Remediation description says, people living with schizophrenia and other psychotic disorders often develop profound and disabling cognitive deficits, even more than positive or negative symptoms. Cognitive deficits can impair daily functioning and are a major factor in chronic disability and unemployment. However, in recent years, a variety of evidence-based cognitive remediation programs have been developed to help people who have lost cognitive abilities because of psychiatric illnesses. Blame it on the psychiatric illness. While widely implemented in other countries, Canada is just beginning to recognize the extent of the problem related to cognitive losses and the kinds of resources that we could make available to people. 
Cognitive remediation programs are not replacements for the medications that people with psychotic disorders usually need. Instead, cognitive remediation programs serve as an additional treatment to be used along with medication. Medications impact psychotic symptoms, while cognitive remediation programs focus on the cognitive losses that are frequently a part of these illnesses. This conference will describe the kind of cognitive losses that frequently occur and discuss a variety of evidence-based cognitive remediation programs. So I'm curious how they know that the cognitive losses are due to an illness, a mental illness, and not the medication. Whereas the studies that show the difference in cognitive losses of people taking meds and not taking these meds. And the other thing I wanted to read is the learning objectives for CBT for psychosis an individualized recovery-oriented approach. At the conclusion of the workshop, the participant will be able to refute, miscon refute misconceptions that previously discouraged attempts at psychotherapy for psychosis, normalize psychotic experiences by seeing them on a continuum with other reactions to distressing circumstances. Utilize a collaborative, empirical style to explore psychotic experiences and beliefs. Develop formulations that promote hope and provide direction. Engage in guided discovery of solutions to distressing psychosis-related problems. Integrate this psychological approach with existing treatment methods. And then day two is on trauma, dissociation, and psychosis. And this is interesting to me because those are things that I personally had experience with. And it says CBT approaches to understanding and recovery. Learning objectives. Identify possible interrelationships between trauma, dissociation, and psychosis, including ways that psychosis itself and reactions to psychosis by others can be traumatizing. Discern a variety of possible causal routes from trauma to psychotic experiences and understand the possible role of dissociation within that process. Utilize proven cognitive strategies to address command and persecutory voices and other common yet distressing experiences found in trauma-associated psychosis. Integrate CBT for psychosis with other trauma therapies to effectively treat clients who have experienced both trauma and psychosis assist clients in developing coherent and compassionate stories and of trauma and recovery which provide a positive alternative to both fragmented psychotic stories and the helplessness induced mental illness stories and the man who's leading this workshop's name is ron unger and i looked at his website recoveryfromschizophrenia.org and it's really good actually i don't really i don't really want to go through the whole thing but he criticizes the whole notion of one can have a good quality of life with proper treatment. He emphasizes that there's a possibility of full recovery. And that's what I'm going for. Full, I don't even like the word recovery, full rediscovery and recreation of my life along my original light body trajectory that I was on the path of before 
I fell into the trap of the hypnotic mental illness story. So this guy, Ron Unger, who's doing this conference in early November, I'm excited to hear him speak and hear about him and maybe meet him and talk to him. I'm pretty sure he knows Dr. Fisher, who I took eCPR with, because he mentions him on his blog and mentions how Dr. Fisher has had a full recovery from schizophrenia. So, yeah. I just wanted to talk about that now so I don't have to think about it tomorrow on my official one-year anniversary of talking to myself. Maybe I will try to forget all this and start on a new creative trajectory tomorrow because I'm talking more about mental health again, which is totally okay. It's always going to pop back up. It's partly because I was designing in some of these conferences to go to in future months as a way to investigate what's happening and and find helpful hints for people. So that's why it's on my brain. But tomorrow I'm going to talk to Katie and Tuesday I donate blood. Wednesday there's a cool conference call by that guy who created the, the Pachamama Alliance and then I might go to this women's group meeting who they do good work in the community and then off to the island to my retreat so it's a good time to not think about mental illness so much and move into other things even though I might be talking about that with Katie tomorrow but yeah I wanted to finish talking about those and note the difference in the languaging of people with psychotic disorders and their cognitive decline and their mental illness to the last line in this other one saying positive alternative stories to the psychotic stories and helplessness inducing mental illness stories and that's what they are they're stories and with the micronutrients it's likely that I will be 100% sure within myself that it was just a story it was a bad dream that somebody told me about that I thought I was in as well. That's all for today. That was a lot today. Holographic hugs.
you for listening to Bipolar Inquiry. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, use your voice, craft your consciousness, embody your potential, enter a quantum paradigm. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information in this show is not medical advice. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. 